0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show where we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. My name is Christy,
1: and my name is Illumide,
0: and this is the Big Empty Purse Podcast.
1: So, anyway, she's leaping off this twenty-foot rock, asking her toaster—not a toaster—what uh, <laughs> do you call the bachelor who's interested in the lady?
2: Suitor. Yes, a suitor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Day. what have you been up to since the last episode?
1: <laughs> uh, you know what it is. You know the vibes. Gang, gang. Yeah, I still hate my life very much. It has gotten worse <laughs> since the last time we spoke. And let's just acknowledge right now, I cancelled the recording for last week's episode because I was so overwhelmed. I didn't even know which way was up. So, <laughs> this week isn't so much better. You know how, you know, have you seen that meme where it's like, there's this cartoon and everything around the cartoon is on fire? And the cartoon character is like, this is fine. Yep. I've just accepted how much of a fire my life is. I'm not even trying to put out any fire anymore. I'm just sitting in the fire. And like, if I burn, I burn. It is what yep. it is. Like In the words of Burner yep. Boy, I can't call my kill myself. So <laughs> we're just going to keep rocking it out and dancing it out. But yeah, actually, listeners, send thoughts and fucking prayers. I need them.
0: Thoughts and prayers to Big Empty Purse Podcast yeah. At Gmail.com.
1: Yeah. <laughs> send them. Because like, the way things are moving, it's, it's not great. Oh. And on top of all that traffic (laughs) traffic you know what i started heading home today at three because i was like fuck this shit i don't even have the second to deal with traffic and i get on the freeway and I'm like there's traffic before three like what the fuck what is happening anyway so i sit in traffic all the way home an hour and a half i get home and like i literally lose the motivation to even do anything i'm like i just want to go to sleep i i've consumed in terms of content only one content since the last time you spoke to me Yeah, And I watched this movie on Netflix called Persuasion. It's actually a pretty good movie, all things considered. It's a period piece about a woman who refuses to marry a man from humble beginnings. You know, those period pieces where women have to marry rich. Otherwise, you know, it's not worth their while. This guy who really likes her. He just didn't have a lot of money. And then she said, no, fuck off. Because everybody in her family goes, you can't marry him. And she like acquiesced to whatever they suggested. And then the guy goes off, lives his life, becomes wealthy, and then comes back into town. And she's like, oh, man. It, It kind of feels like. But she didn't regret not marrying him because now he's wealthy. She kind of regrets not marrying him because she really did like him and she should have just followed her, I don't know, heart. Anyway, whatever the case is, uh, which by the way, I don't condone. Like if you're a woman and the way up for you to get up in society is to marry rich, don't marry a poor person. That's a stupid, it's a stupid game. Don't play it. Like marry rich, my dear. Anyway, I think it's a well-written movie because you know how in most of these romance movies or period pieces, especially period pieces, specifically those, a lot of the characters that are in there are caricatures. If it's yeah. a period piece, there's somebody who's like the town buffoon. If it's a period piece, there's like a especially for the this marriage type of shows, there's the, the girl who's very vapid and has no brain in her head. There's always a yes. caricature of each character. But this movie made sure to not do that. Even the girl who seems like a a vapid girl, she has depth. Mm-hmm. So like if somebody's that vapid and all of the other characters in the movie keep picking on them and making these snide remarks and it's like the girl doesn't know that they're making it. No, every character is self aware. So one one girl is like, you know, I can't tell the difference if you're actually insulting me or you're just being condescending, but I don't like you. And this is like the vapid girl who you would assume didn't even realize that the insult would go over her head. She's like, even though I can't tell the difference, I know you're a cunt and I don't like you. (laughs) Yeah, so like I like that the kind of all the characters are written very specifically to capture like, you know, none of the characters are stupid. Is what i'm saying so that was really good first of all i think the comedy in there is not intentional because there's this girl i, I posted it on i should post it on big empty purse uh, story there's you know this bullshit that i'm on where i use the song uh <laughs> bloody samaritan <laughs> first of all it's been over a year since i've been doing that bullshit and it still cracks me up anyway this girl leaps off like a 20 foot rock to the ground asking her a spoiler alert spoiler alert i'm talking about persuasion on netflix so anyway she's leaping off this 20 foot rock asking her toaster not a toaster uh, what do you call the bachelor who's interested in the lady suitor yes a suitor <laughs> <laughs> not sorry. her toaster sorry
2: <laughs>
1: Where did the word toaster in? anyway in slang language <laughs> in nigeria somebody who is courting a lady we call that somebody who's toasting so we just uh... call them toasters anyway sorry <laughs> I'm screaming. Not toaster. Anyway, she's screaming like, oh, I'm jumping. You better catch me or not. And she jumps and he doesn't catch her. She smacks her head into the ground and goes into a coma. It's so funny. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> anyway, it's so funny. And I put it to the beat of Bloody Samaritan. It's so funny. I'm going to do it on the Big Empty Person account just so people can see what I'm talking about. Anyway, that's where that's from. I think it's a funny movie. I enjoyed watching it. And that's pretty much all that I've seen so far. I do know that... um. A lot of people are excited because I did see... I think there's a trailer out right now for a series that's supposed to be a prequel to the Game of Thrones. Something mm-hmm. Something Dragons is called. I don't remember. Did you just see Game of Thrones, by the way?
0: I did see Game of Thrones. I liked yeah. Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah. So apparently there's supposed to be a prequel called House of Dragon. Oh, sorry. House of the Dragon. And um, mm. I hope they use Cisco's Unleash the Dragon as a soundtrack. <laughs> Neither here nor there. But anyway, I know people are excited for that. And I didn't see Game of Thrones, but I'm actually going to try to see this pending that there isn't too much gore or unnecessary, mm. like killings and stuff like that but yeah no i want to see this but besides that i haven't really consumed any real content i've been just struggling from pillow to post frying pan to fire and i don't love it for me what have you been up to since the last episode
0: same frying pan same fire
1: (laughs) same frying pan same fire They're turning up
0: the heat on us. I don't know why. Even just hearing you talk about the traffic, I'm actually still working fully remote and people from my office are starting to trickle back in and they're like, we're going to send around a survey to see how you guys are feeling about coming back into the office. And I don't even care. I hope they hear me. I fully wrote on there, if you make me come back into the office, I will start looking for another job. Yeah. (laughs) It's not (laughs) good. No, it's not good. It's a waste of my time, my money. It's a risk to my health. No, no no why yeah. i work at a computer all day
1: not at these gas prices which yeah, the gas prices are they're still high they reduced a little bit but the gas prices are high it's not tenable it's not uh, yeah
0: it's truly not and the metro just is is more broken every day like, <laughs>
1: it, we, it's more just, broken than we are it is. Well, it's Beyonce. Fully in the fire. is you're definitely gonna <laughs> break my soul you're, you're definitely gonna break my soul i'm telling everybody.
0: The Metro's soul is broke, broke, broken. I, I turned in that survey so fast. I was like, y'all better not fucking play with me. Don't play with me. This is how I feel.
1: Yeah, no. I don't think anybody's like thrilled to go back to the office. <sighs> and I think everybody should be honest about that. Nobody fucking likes it. They'll, they'll think, oh yeah, everybody loves this. Like Nobody loves this idea. I'm sorry. If you are in charge of this fucking campaign of bringing people back to the office, nobody wants that. None of us wants it. Even the people who are in in, in charge of making the campaign to get people back in the office, I'm sure they don't love it either, like. Mm
0: -hmm. The only people who I've heard who are like hype about going back in the office, it's definitely a them problem. It's like, oh, I'm so miserable at home with my kids. Oh, I don't actually like my spouse. Oh, I have no social life and don't see people otherwise. I'm like, those are all y'all's problems. Those are you problems. Don't put that shit on me.
1: Yeah, sort that. (laughs) (laughs) Deal with it on your own time. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me come
0: into the office because you don't like your family. (laughs)
1: Look, maybe send your kids to boarding school. I don't know. (laughs) Like, we didn't ask you to have them.
0: (laughs) Honestly. Speaking of trailers, the Wakanda Forever trailer came out. The new Black Panther movie.
1: You know, somebody sent that to me. And Christy, I'm not even kidding when I say this. I've been so overwhelmed and busy that I couldn't even click play to watch that two minute, 30 second trailer.
0: I believe that, I believe that. I hate it, but I believe that.
1: Yeah, but I did see it was out and I've been so hype. Ooh, I wanna see that movie. I wanna see it, I wanna see it, I wanna see it.
0: I'm so hyped. The trailer was really good. The music was great. The visuals were great. It was one of those really well done trailers where like you get a real sense of the vibe they're going for without giving away anything yeah. about the plot of the movie. Chef's Kiss trailer. Great trailer. I'm really hype. They also put out like a, I, I don't know what they're calling it exactly, like, but like a prequel album. It's just three songs long. Obviously, the first Black Panther movie. Movie is amazing. The album, the soundtrack, yeah. which is basically like a Kendrick Lamar album. So good. So good. So, like, they seem to be embracing that part of it. Like,
1: I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so hyped.
0: This is what I need in my life right now.
1: So, wait, the the, the new album for the new trailer, the, the album that goes with the new trailers, is it a Kendrick album, too?
0: No. I'm not sure if he's going to be involved with the music in the movie because they do use part of a Kendrick song in the trailer, but the, uh-huh. like, album is not... As far as I know, I don't think Kendrick's involved in that at all.
1: Oh man. Okay. Well, whoever they yeah. pick, I hope it's like I'm sure they'll, they'll do a good job. But yeah, I really mm-hmm. like the first album. That the, that song All The Stars with Kendrick featuring SZA, that's a really good song.
0: It's a great song. I managed to consume content The House Down this last week or the so. The House oh,
1: Down, The House Down Boots. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: content The House Down Boots. I consumed it. I finally after a stupidly long amount of time listened to Kendrick's new album. It's mm. not even that new anymore. Kendrick's new album Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Kendrick, I love you. (laughs) This is not even that critical. I'm a huge fan of Kendrick Lamar. Mr. Morell and the Big Steppers, it's one of those, like, it is objectively really good. Like, it is well thought through, the lyrics are good, the musicality is amazing, like, he's doing such interesting things but it's not very fun to listen to. Like, yeah. it feels like I'm listening to like experimental jazz. Right. It's like, I feel like I need to be writing a paper on it afterwards.
1: It's very heady. There's no, there's no like easy clear bop.
0: And sometimes I just want to bop. And I know it's partly I'm holding him to such a high standard because I know he can do that. Oh, like yeah, yeah. I know. I had the same, some of these same critiques about um, To Pimp a Butterfly, although not as much as this new album. But, but both Damn and Good Kid Mad City, I feel like. They had bops. They had such bops that were still like, incredibly well-written, complex songs that you could bop
1: to. You know how you do the scan through an album just to mm-hmm. get the vibe of each song? I don't even remember the name of the song, but there's a song. It's, I can not even call it a song because it was pretty much a dialogue argument between him and this girl mm. on that album. And it was just them slinging insults back and forth, having like a real heated couple's argument. And the writing on that and the delivery and the timing I was like that girl has to be like a professional rapper to <laughs> like one for one. They were going back and forth in the song and everything was crisp and clean. Not a beat was missed. It was chef's kiss. But of course, you can't bop to that in a club. That's just like, a you're listening to it from the perspective of, oh, shit, he really put this together with so much thought. As opposed to mm-hmm. you can just, you know, dip and dance to it. None of those songs are going to be club bangers. I can tell you that for free right now.
0: I know you can do it. Like, that's the thing. I'm not asking too much of you Kendrick because I know you can do it without sacrificing like complexity and good writing and I watched not one but two movies I watched number one the movie Ready or not which is a horror movie Have you seen this yes
1: movie? yes I was I, I didn't know that this was the same movie okay <laughs> yes. with the lady with the marriage and the family and the thing yes and the yes, yes. <laughs> ah, I love this movie no, this movie no. is camp if it were in horror
0: it is high camp High camp so the plot for those of you is basically it's a woman who marries into this wealthy family and the family is like, oh, on your wedding night, we have to draw a card and it'll tell you what game we play. And the card they draw is like is hide and seek, which actually means that the whole family is going to try to kill her. Right. <laughs> it's fucking unhinged. Very. <laughs> it is great it was such a good time it was like exactly what i what i needed in these trying times let
1: me just finish spoiling for i'm so hyped about this movie this movie i watched it on a whim because i'm like oh it says horror but like it really doesn't feel like horror so i can get through it there's some gore Mm -hmm. but it's like can't be gore right the the punchline to this whole movie spoiler alert i'm talking about ready or not at sunrise if every single member of the family fails to kill this bride they spontaneously die It's like a deal that their ancestors made with the devil like several generations ago that keeps them wealthy and keeps the the lineage going. But like, if they fail to kill her, everybody else dies. So everybody's really ginger to kill this bride. As in, they will go... Even the person in the fucking wheelchair and the person with the cane is going hard to make sure this bitch dies. Like, they really want to get her. And, spoiler alert, the bitch don't die. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And at the very end, I'm not going to spoil the last scene, when she says that line at the very end, and the fucking... I was screaming. I was yeah. screaming!
0: <laughs> it was so good. It was so good.
1: <laughs> I'm going to rewatch that. Thanks for reminding me about this. Anyway, what did you think about it? I just I just hijacked your thing, but it's such a good movie.
0: Exactly the same. I loved it. It was, <laughs> It was great. Because it could have gone in a direction... Because it was a critique on, like how, like, fucked in the head rich people are, like, what that kind of, like, money and generational wealth does to you. So they could have gotten, like, very up their own ass about that theme, but they didn't. They, like, did right. just enough of it that you're, like, you can see what they're going for, but then they took it so camp, so over the top, like, it was a really fun movie to watch. Like...
1: <laughs> and the way people died in that movie was so creative. People were dying in so stupid ways. Was it yes. the girl who jumped in the fucking, um, not the trash chute? Oh, yeah. The and then, like, she got severed by the doors of the trash chute? That was fucking... <laughs> sent me that fucking sent me did somebody get dropped in a deep fryer
0: oh somebody got like smacked in the face with a tea kettle and got boiling water all over oh yeah (laughs) so i watched that i also watched a different horror movie a very different vibe um called saint maud an a24 movie Mm. so i went in with my hopes very high and was mostly satisfied mostly satisfied Um, It's a horror movie. The premise is basically this woman who used to work at a hospital, had some sort of traumatic, mysterious thing happen that made her convert to Christianity and become very, very devout, like creepy devout. And she starts, she becomes a home nurse instead and moves in with this woman and decides it's like her mission to save this woman's soul. Oh. Yeah. So as you can imagine, it doesn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this one was... It was well acted. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out what about this movie was like, there was something that was not quite there because the acting was good. The writing was pretty good. It was actually pretty scary in moments. Something, I think it might be the actress did a good job, but just the way they jumped into the story, they never let us connect with her. So like things go off the rails for her. And it's like, I don't, it's like, yeah, that was going to happen. Like it seemed like from the beginning that was, and I don't like feel that sort of empathy for her because Mm. she was sort of unhinged from moment one of the movie. And like, it gets worse, but it was supposed to be like a very tragic ending, like a very tragic outcome for her. But it almost felt like Like a lot of times when someone's heading in a really bad direction, you want to be like, oh no, like it keeps getting worse and worse. Like what can they do about it? It it seemed like this was like inevitable. I'm really, I'm probably nitpicking. It really was a well done movie.
1: Are we going to play a game today? Are we going to play a game today?
0: You know it. We're going to play a game today. And that game is trivia. Hey. The game is trivia. Our first trivia question today. What is the largest muscle in the human body?
1: Uh, The heart?
0: Oh, I guess that probably does count as a muscle. Is that the largest though? It can't be the tongue. Largest muscle. You like, like your glutes maybe? Is it largest like longest or like by mass? By mass.
1: I don't know. This is a very good question. Uh, the heart seems like a very obvious answer, so that could be wrong. <laughs> the brain is not a muscle. And this is how you're going to know that I did not care for physiology. This is why I could not be a doctor. A medical doctor. <laughs> Sorry, a physician let me rephrase
0: you are a doctor that works with medicine but
1: like that this is my biggest gripe with calling physicians doctors they are not doctors they're physicians
0: i'm gonna go with glutes just because i want my answer to be ass <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> ass 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 and the answer is it's ass hey! yeah. <laughs> it's the gluteus maximus i wonder how big is your heart now now i need to know it is a little larger than the size of your fist
1: All these names that I do, fucking Latin is some bullshit. Gluteus Maximus is the biggest, and I think Latissimus dorsi and the quadriceps. Oh, okay. Well, pretty Mm -hmm. much all the the ones that can be built. Yes. You can also Mm -hmm. build your heart. You know, just, I don't know, block one of your arteries. (laughs) Your heart will really be built.
0: All right. Trivia question number two. Which U.S. state located on the eastern seaboard partially falls in the central time zone?
1: i don't don't know (laughs) pennsylvania is not on the eastern seaboard is it
0: it is but i don't think it does
1: oh even the most western part of pennsylvania is not in central time zone
0: yeah because like pittsburgh is in the far west of pennsylvania and that's still on eastern oh that's still
1: on it you're right Hmm.
0: what would fall in central time because the only this is not even anywhere near the coast when i lived in god save me indianapolis for a summer (laughs) um (laughs) the state of indiana Despite being pretty far west, is on Eastern Time, except for this was fascinating to me, like a the top corner of Indiana, because it's all suburbs of Chicago. So that little top corner of Indiana is on Central Time.
1: Oh. So, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Neither huh. did I. It's really weird.
1: So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna guess either of the Carolinas. If I had to, West Virginia, is is West Virginia big enough to span that much west?
0: No, West Virginia is pretty small. And I don't think it actually touches the coast. Does the Florida panhandle, like, reach over enough to get into central time? I don't feel like it <sighs> does. It doesn't.
1: See, I don't count Florida as the east coast. I, I'm i sorry. I didn't even think to go to Florida in my head. I was like, that can't be it.
0: <laughs>
1: Georgia. Georgia. I don't Maybe know. it
0: is Georgia. Wait, is, it, is Georgia on Central?
1: Georgia. I'm just going to guess might Georgia. Be.
0: Yeah, Georgia touches the East Coast. I'm going to go
1: with Georgia. I'm going to go with Georgia. Georgia. I don't <laughs> know the answer to this, though. My geography is <laughs> trash. Trash, 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 trash. So we'll see.
0: I'm going to go with Florida. Go with a different... I think Georgia might be it, but we'll, we'll maximize our chances here.
1: Ah, Florida. Ah, it is Florida.
0: What? It is Florida. Two for what? two. Come
1: on. You're on a roll today. Yes. Get me together. Look at this. Thank-, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, trivia gods.
0: I don't know what... what karma I'm giving up to get trivia questions right. I I hope I don't regret it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question number three. Established in 1872, what became the world's first national park?
1: Can I just say Yellowstone? Because I don't know this one either. This is very US heavy.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Let's see. Uh, Yeah, I would just name things that are national parks. (laughs) Yeah. Somewhere in my brain are the names of other national parks, but I don't. They're not coming to me.
1: Literally, I only know Yellowstone because that's the one they talk about. In every fucking movie where it's a doomsday end of the world, Yellowstone is always oh, Yellowstone. Grand Canyon is technically not a national park, is it?
0: Is it not? I would have thought it was. Oh. But is it called the Grand Canyon or is it like part of some, is it is the Grand Canyon in some larger national park?
1: I don't know if the Grand Canyon is a national park. I'm gonna go with Yellowstone because it's the only one I know.
0: I feel like I know other ones, but if I do I can't think of them right now. So I'm also going to go with Yellowstone as the name of the only national park I can think of right now. <laughs>
1: it's Grand Canyon?
0: It's Yellowstone! Yay! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I see some good
1: girls on the around. Thanks to you, we are three for three on this episode.
0: Yes. Won't he do it? Have we ever been three for three? I don't
1: think so. I don't think so. yes Yes! okay this is good this is yes
0: yes i'm riding this high now
1: all the way all the way to the bank all the way to the fucking bank i can't believe it oh thank you so much for giving us three for three i appreciate you thank you (laughs) at least one thing is going right in my life like honestly i'm not even kidding when i say this is the highest high i've had in the past two months of my life yes getting three questions right on the fucking trivia of the podcast It has been excellent. Thank you so much. I can die happy now. <laughs> Goodbye.
0: So the topic we'll be discussing today is independence. What did you, as you said, not like the establishment of a sovereign government, but <laughs> our own personal <laughs> independence. <laughs> yes,
1: self-sufficiency. Indefucking pendants. I guess we can just start swinging off the rim. Do you feel like you've achieved independence? Do you?
0: Mm. That depends a lot on how we're gonna how we're gonna define independence.
1: Oh shit! I guess we didn't even book report this. I should have defined it.
0: Because I feel like there's a lot of different ways you can think about it. So oh, I don't know yeah. that Merriam-Webster. Merriam-Webster is only gonna get us so far here.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a really that's actually a really good thought. I didn't even bother thinking they- about that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Independence, as in, do you feel equipped to navigate adulthood? And adulthood is a vague term, I know. Do you feel equipped to manage your life with? extreme competence as is
0: in an absolute sense no in a relative sense yes compared to other adults in adulthood yes apparently i do
1: oh my god
0: do i feel like i do no No. but compared to what i am seeing in this world oh my
1: yes oh my (laughs) is the term because (laughs) being an adult does not mean you are independent a lot actually you know what the funny thing is a lot of adults that i know are actually not independent they are, yeah. and what they transition from being dependent in their childhood to being codependent in their adulthood. Yes. They're never independent, and they are fucking useless. Fucking useless.
0: It's tough, because sometimes it's like, there's like a, independence as sort of a, an emotional maturity. Like, there's that aspect of independence. Like, are you yeah. able to emotionally, intellectually be independent? But then there's also things like financial independence. Like, there are some people who are to the point of being emotionally independent, but because in this economy that we live in, they're still like... Financially dependent on, like, so many millennials and Gen Zers, like, are still financially dependent on their parents I... <laughs> up till the, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. Truly. Yes.
1: Or the way I see it, the gutter is the limit. Yeah. The gutter. <laughs> yes. yes. That's the fucking.
0: <laughs> like, yeah.
1: That, I mean, and the, that level of dependence terrifies me. I don't feel like I've achieved independence, but I feel like the race that I'm running is to somehow maintain non-dependence. Like, that's mm-hmm. the bare minimum that I feel like I must do. And that shit drives me crazy because, like, this life is very unbalanced. We've, we've established that. But, like, yes. the number of millennials who are very much dependent, let's say in the next five years, 98% of millennials are going to be 100% independent. Millennials are very well into their 40s. You realize that? The youngest yeah. of us is in our 30s. <laughs> or very close to it. And imagine being in your 30s, being at the very minimum financially dependent still on your parents. And the scary part is, yeah, 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 yeah. If your parents have all the money in the world, it's great. But if your parents mm-hmm. don't have all the money in the world and your parents are only going to get older, let's just say, you know, your parents are, as, as a millennial, if you're one of the older millennials and you're 40, if your parents had you at 30, your parents are very well into in their 70s. And if, if you're still dependent on them, how much longer will they live to continue mm-hmm. to take, take care of you? Like, that's a very scary thought.
0: Yeah, yep. Oh. But lest we, lest we give people too much credit this world ain't shit and a lot of times people end up in those circumstances with no ability to like control it or get out of them but there are definitely people who could be independent who just don't they don't bother to learn the skills they like they're in a situation where they can be codependent and can rely on other people i don't like that yeah and
1: like i I, i'm I'm gonna make it up like this is gonna sound unfair because i god i really do i i I know i don't pray often because i don't believe (laughs) but um i would like to continue to have the ability to pursue non-dependence for as long as I live. Mm -hmm. At least financial non-dependence. At least that. Because right now, I will say this. I'm actively going through my life. Anybody I know who is not financially non-dependent, I'm cutting them off from my life. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Like, I'm not... I'm not enabling your bullshit. I don't care how bad your situation is. Like, if, if if I see that you're not, like, say, for instance, the position I met you in 10, 15 years ago, you're still in that same position. I'm cutting you off. Like, I, but, like it doesn't matter what, yeah. like, I know, you know, they're waiting for the perfect opportunity. There's never going to be a perfect opportunity. Pick something, anything, whatever it is, do something. The first yep. thing, put it against the wall. See if it sticks. And this is what I keep saying to people. I don't believe... That anything is going to pan out the perfect way. But I think whatever it is that you feel is going to get you closer to that thing, you have to have the stick with itness to continue with it. That's just mm-hmm. the way I see it. And the, these people that I think we're discussing don't have the stick with itness. They have great ideas, yeah. they just don't stick with any of them. So, of course, it doesn't pan out. You didn't stick with it. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, fi- yeah, uh, same. I'm just saying yeah over and over. But <laughs> for me, being financially independent is very important. And I do feel like I'm, I think I'm at a place where I can say that. At least that I'm. At least right now, knock on wood, I could have the audacity to get cancer or something tomorrow and be buried in medical bills, and because this is America. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, at the moment, at least I do feel like I'm financially independent, which is so like on on a deep level. Like knowing that I'm financially independent gives me the freedom to make some decisions that I wouldn't be able to otherwise that really like lets a part of my soul be a little bit at peace. Not entirely because financial independence is like, it's not, it's, it's sort of hanging by a thread. I'll have that, I'll have that family money. This is a little bit of a left turn. I'm, let me just read my dad on this podcast here. <laughs> just boomers, man. My dad, because he basically bounced from like living at home to being married, to living back at home to being married, has like never learned to do so many basic household tasks. Like laundry. After his first marriage, his mo- so his mother did his laundry. Then his first wife did his laundry. Then they got divorced, and he went back to having his mother do his laundry. The man does not know how to do laundry. The man tried to cook bacon. Bacon in his late 50s tried to cook bacon. Did not realize you have to flip bacon over. Oh, wow. Apparently, everyone just every time he's eaten bacon in his almost six decades of life has been made someone for had me. made it for him. Huh. Like I don't think I could be that codependent on people if I tried. Like I don't. I've never had the opportunity to be that. Like to even s- slip that much like, what? And I don't want to because-
1: Oh, that's a dangerous place to be, you are helpless.
0: Which I don't know how that doesn't bother people. It really doesn't bother some people, it seems, to be that helpless and to not have-
1: I think men of that generation were on some other, other, Mm -hmm. other, I don't know what it is. Being able to take care of yourself, I think is very important, even if you have somebody who could do it for you. And I don't Mm -hmm. believe, let me say this. I think I'm not, again, I'm not reading anybody because I'm sure like I can dig into my own parents, whatever. I do think that at the very minimum, the things that you have to do to as in maintain your physical being as in mm-hmm. feed yourself clothe yourself house yourself you gotta be able to do those three things at the very minimum gotta be able to do those three things and on top of that comes all the other bullshit yeah gotta earn money so you can pay for the housing the clothing and the food you gotta be able to fucking yeah there are a lot of things that, and whenever I, I meet somebody who i believe have re- has reached the age where they should be able to do these things and they can't do it that shit irritates me yes. it, like it I, we can talk about why that is, but, like, that shit really irritates me. I'm like, what the fuck were you looking at that you didn't figure this? I don't give a shit that somebody else was able to do it for you for your whole life. Why didn't you take the initiative to learn from that person who was doing it for
0: Did you ever answer? I <laughs> well I, oh, don't think I really answer? answered. I feel like we strayed from the original question, but do you feel like you've achieved independence?
1: <laughs> I want to say yes, but I don't feel like I have. I, like, same with you. On paper? On paper, sure. Sure, sure. sure. But I, I think there's this underlying connotation that if you claim to have achieved independence that means you know what you're doing in your life Mm. i have no fucking clue i'm the dumbest person i've ever met like i don't know what i'm doing when i tell you i don't know what i'm doing i'm serious about that i'm literally every time i have to do something i'm like figuring it out like you know like all all the milestone things you're supposed to do in your life people just think that oh you just have this innate ability to pick it up like my mom was saying this to me the other day as, as if she meant it as a compliment like oh you have this innate ability to just go through life and pick things up and get to the other side of your problems and learn i'm like it's not because i have the innate ability
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'm just roughing it out anyway i can rough it out so i can get to the other side as an i'm in real time as i'm roughing it out i don't know what i'm doing you know this thing where you know say for instance buying a car every you know in american culture in like most patriarchal society you're supposed to learn how to buy a car from your father figure and you're supposed to go with your father and they're supposed to teach you the ropes and how to i walked into my first dealership to buy my fucking first car i did all my yeah. research i wrote all my notes i went in i tried to understand as much of the process as possible and i sat there and i just went step by step until i left there with a the car mm-hmm. I, this is something that I just had to figure out. Yeah. I, I don't have any abilities to just learn stuff. I just look at the problem and I just rough it out until I get to the other side and doing things that way is horrible because you lose so many pounds of flesh along the way. Mm. You don't know the shortcuts. You don't know if somebody's like, however many times people have taken advantage of me just by the first time I'm trying to get to the other side of the problem. Numerous. And I guess the other side of the problem, people, somebody says, oh, you know, you just can figure things out. I'm like, no, do you know how many pounds of flesh I lost before I got to this side of it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, do I feel like I've achieved independence? If you just look at my track record, you'll see that I've gone to the other side of many problems and I'm able to say that, yeah, I've done that. But I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. (laughs) I wish somebody would fucking help. (laughs) But like, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. Oh, but in terms of financial independence, do I pay my own bills? Sure. Sure. Let's say say I pay my own fucking bills. Do I feel like I have enough money to pay my own bills? Fuck no. (laughs) We discussed this.
0: So what do you think are the most difficult aspects of independence?
1: Every single one of them. We can run down the list. I think there are, like, pretty much five major pillars of independence, however way you want to slice it. It's pretty much uh, money management, time management, uh, stress management, communication, and setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. I think those are the five major ones. And every single one of those is difficult. Do you agree?
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. You've just named five very difficult things.
1: (laughs) Yeah, every single one of them is very difficult. (laughs) Managing money. Oh, my God. I wish there were, like, a... Everybody says, oh, you know, they they prepare all these spreadsheets and budget sheets. And if you just follow this, I've never found a budget sheet that I just picked up. And I'm like, oh, this works for me. I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. I always have to tweak, literally tweak. Uh, I have to have to tweak. I have to shake. I have to shimmy. I have to do everything to make the thing work. Because, you know, some places will say you only spend 20% of your uh, net income and you save 70% and you use 10% for I'm like, that never fucking works. Yep. You just, there's always yep. an emergency thing that slaps you in the face. Like, and yep. I, like I, said, I talk I talked to like people and they're like, oh, you know, I only have one or two bank accounts. And I'm like, how? <laughs> how? Literally, like, I can't manage my life with two bank accounts. It's impossible. I've tried. What
0: are you doing with all those bank accounts?
1: <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I think right now I have five. And each one does a very specific different thing. Mm. And I need all of those things to manage. The, by the way, all those accounts are empty. <laughs> let me say that every single one of them it's empty but like you know how you're in college and get a student account right Mm -hmm. i've kept that student account the whole time but Mm. for me to continue to keep that as a student account so i don't get billed like the bullshit i have to keep certain amount coming into the account as an ach deposit so i use that for the influx of anything but as soon as the money goes through there it can't stay there because that's the least yielding account possible so i have to move the money elsewhere But if i move the money elsewhere i have to be able to move it back to wherever i need the bills to come out of so that goes into another account that pays the bills because that account has the best whatever whatever and then Mm -hmm. when you go open a loan for x you buy this thing you have a loan you open an account with them so you can put the money through that account so that account pays the loan for that then if you take ah, another loan for something yeah. else, you do the same thing for another account. And you only go with the bank that gives you the best rate. So for me to maintain my life, I have to monitor and keep track of five different accounts. And every single month, that shit drives me insane. And I don't know what I'm doing. But I know I can't manage my life with only two accounts. It, it won't mm-hmm. work. But like this is what I'm saying. It's difficult. Time management is difficult because like how am I supposed to balance sitting in traffic for fucking more than three hours every single day (laughs) and still being able to do my job, come home and then you also have to maintain your relationship so you have to make sure you set boundaries and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, the setting boundaries one is one I struggle with because I feel like I'm fairly independent or at least I feel an inner drive to be independent and I have a hard time. This is not so much. Earlier in my life, it was more of a problem of attracting other people who do not want to be independent and are happy to live off of your independence and all of the work you put in to be independent so that they don't have to be. Yeah. Oh, so like that's setting boundaries of like, don't, don't stop. Yeah. (laughs) You can be in my life, but not if you're going to keep me from being independent. Like
1: I, I, this is what I was saying earlier. Like what you've just said is what I was trying to say earlier is why I feel so irritated about people who come into my life and they're not independent. Like you're, you're pretty much riding my coattails. And I'm not here to do you any favors. Like get your own shit together. Like I've lost so many pounds of flesh to get here and I'm not even where I want to be yet. And you want to fucking jump on my coattails? Fuck off. I was saying this as a joke (laughs) to somebody this past weekend. I'm like, I'm not entertaining dating anybody who's not in my tax bracket. (laughs) You want to know what's fucking hilarious? Is (laughs) some people in their head, they have reason that they're independent. In their head, they've computed that they're independent. <laughs> and then when you try to let them know, actually, you're riding my coattails. You're like, no, I'm that I was like, are you serious right now? Like, they're not self-aware to realize that mm-hmm. they're actually not there yet.
0: Independent does not necessarily mean, like, being alone. Does it overlap sometimes? Yes. But, like... Some of my best friendships and relationships are with other very independent people. Right because, there. like, they know what they want. Like, I know that if they are taking the time to spend with me, they have that time. And they and when they don't have the time, like, they, they will say so. And they will do, like, the people I want to spend my time with are other independent independent
1: people. people. Right there. Right there. Oh, you've said that so much better than I could ever. I, I can't waste my time, people who don't get this. Yeah. If I'm hanging out with you for even two hours in a month or even a week... You have no idea the hell and high water I went through to create those two hours to spend with you. And I did it because I want to spend that time with you. Yep. I don't accidentally spend time with anybody. Because yeah. if you look yep. at my fucking life, every waking moment is accounted for doing something. At least three of those hours every day is on the fucking road in my car. Yeah. So like if I have any free moment, first of all, I'm, I'm going to use it to solve one of these <laughs> five million problems that I have stacked. So if I'm spending time with you, yeah, which is also why I... I say this as a joke, too. I can be late to things. Nobody else is allowed to be late to things. (laughs) Because, like, and that that applies to people who aren't independent or who don't understand this. Like, I'm late to that thing because I'm running literally late from something else that I was trying to put a fire out from to come spend time with you. And you just happen to have a free schedule. You can't be fucking late. Because if you're late, I might as well have taken the extra time to finish solving the problem I was just trying to solve before I came here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like nobody else is allowed to be late to anything. Like if I'm late, there's a fucking there's a there's a there's a reason. My life is catching fire, and I know other people, which I respect. Last week I went to this past weekend I went to brunch with someone, and I was so impressed. That person, I said we're gonna meet at 11 for brunch, and first of all I get there at 11:02, which is the earliest you'll ever catch me getting to anything. <laughs> but that person at 10:45, 10:38 sent me a text saying I might be earlier than expected. I'll be there before you. I was so fucking impressed. As in it's never happened before especially with the kind of people that you know i go to brunch with yeah, yeah. nobody's ever fucking on time i was so impressed with this i was like wow okay maybe this person gets it but yeah no it takes a lot of practice and a lot of effort to maintain this thing anyway really not. did your parents actively raise you to be self-sufficient
0: <laughs> here it comes you
1: thought this the was impact- gonna be a trauma-less episode <laughs> not wrong
0: they better not have thought independence. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. My parents both actively and passively raised me to be self-sufficient. Yes. <laughs> no, my parents actually did put a lot of effort. Like, credit where credit is They did put a lot of effort into being like, you should know how to cook, you should know how to clean, you should know, have a vague idea how taxes work, have a debit account and know how to, like, they, they really did try and give me some some basic skill. Like, they, they made sure I know about the scam of your credit score and, like, the fact that you need a credit card and you need a credit history. Like, I think my dad said at one point that he felt like his job as a parent would be, To make sure that by the time I leave the house, I don't need him anymore. Right. He was like, not that I don't want you to be in my life, just like that you shouldn't need me anymore. Right. A lot of this also comes from the poverty. Like, didn't have, like, a stay-at-home parent all the time who could do all the cooking. So, like, I sort of had to learn how to cook or, like, you know, my mom was working two jobs. Like, if I needed clean clothes, I need to lean. I had to learn how to do the laundry. Like, a lot of my upbringing was... (laughs) was geared towards being self-sufficient
1: what about you i'm not trying to drag my parents on this episode if 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 by accident i dragged them it is what it is (laughs) the question poses do you did your parents actively raise you to be self-sufficient my parents (laughs) didn't actively raise me period Mm -hmm. yeah and it's not their fault they just weren't there and that wasn't their fault either you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. i think i've alluded to this on the podcast previously uh since i was six i didn't live with my parents eventually when i was like 14 i started living with my mom again but Between six and 14, I was already fully Mm self-sufficient. And the thing is, my parents, who I lived with when I turned 14, didn't realize that. They (laughs) thought they were going to swoop in and teach me how to be self-sufficient. Like, what do you think I've been doing for the past fucking eight years? (laughs) Like, how do you think I made it this far for the past eight (laughs) years when you weren't around? I figured it out already. Yeah, I went to boarding school when I was six. And just because there was nobody there to teach me anything, period. I just had to figure the shit out and the people you know you get you live with this family member for two months Leave with that family member for a month you back and forth back and forth and every new place that you went Things were done very differently A lot of those rules didn't take you into consideration because those people had their own lives going on before you just swooped in And had to live with them for a month So they weren't out here checking for you They just weren't it, and it's not a slight against them or anything like they, were, right. they didn't expect you to show up You're not their kid. They don't they, not, You're not their problem. So as a six-year-old, you're just like, oh shit I got to figure this out. And you just, you just put one foot in front of the other and you just start figuring things out. So at six years old, I knew that I had to have a suitcase fully packed with at least 70% clean clothes because I could be in the next place within the, literally within the hour. And you just had to get up and go. And if your suitcase wasn't packed when it was time for you to go, whatever you left behind, you weren't coming back to get it. So I lived in a suitcase for eight years. I got very good at packing. Wherever you went, you just had to remember the essentials that you needed and you need to figure out. So if you need to scavenge for resources in the new place that you go, you have to get good at it. hmm and you just had to learn to go without food for a while. Because maybe you show up to the new place and, oh, shit, you just showed up. Uh, we're, we're about to head out to go to church. Uh, we haven't had breakfast yet. But, oh, like, they just finished having breakfast, but they're running late to church and you just arrived. Do you think they're going to wait for you to have breakfast before you leave? They're tossing you in the car and you're going with them. So, but you can't be out here popping up saying, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, no, no. Who fucking cares? Go without food until we get back from church. And that's the kind of thing where, like, you just, you learn to hold yourself steady whichever way you had to be and wherever you had to go. But, like, these are the dumb, stupid things that most children didn't have to think about, especially if they had, like, a functioning family unit.
0: I was about to say, most children do just say, I'm hungry, when they...
1: (laughs) Yeah. But you see, that Right, right. But that comes with the privilege of knowing that when you say, I'm hungry, whoever you're saying to gives a shit. Yeah. And they care to Uh fix it. I knew they... Whoever I'm saying it to has other problems to worry about that they were not even expecting me to add to. So, you fucking hold yourself until you can figure something out. But honestly, though, like, I'm not trying to drag anybody. I think... They did the best they could with the circumstances. No, actually, they didn't do the best they could. They did what they thought was the best they could. And Mm -hmm. I think to them, it's the equivalent of doing the best that they could. And it is what it is. But like at this point, what are you going to do about it? Dance it out.
0: (laughs) Just dance it out. So why are children so eager to be independent?
1: I don't know. I can can tell you why I was eager to be independent. It might be the same reason why all the other kids felt the same way. I didn't want to be at the mercy of people who I didn't feel cared enough about me. Hmm. Imagine going hungry because... You don't want to inconvenience somebody for telling them you're hungry. I will make enough money that I can buy whatever I want to fucking eat. Just so I don't have to be at anybody's mercy so I can yeah. I still starve not beca- not because I don't have the money for the food. Actually, I don't have the money for the food. But like mostly because <laughs> there are other there are other things that I'm running after that there's just no time to eat the food.
0: It's vanity and not having
1: any. <laughs> <laughs> I will be skinny. What do you think? What do you think the reason children are so eager to be independent? <laughs> I think it's <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I think not all of them, it's trauma. Yes. I think even people, children who had healthy childhoods, feel a drive, I mean most of it at least, feel some drive to be independent. Definitely, trauma will get you here so fast, that's a fast track to all of this, but... Yes.
1: I think, I, think what, I think what you were about to say is that a lot of those kids who have perfectly functional family units, it's not so much that they wanted the independence, they wanted the freedom to do whatever they wanted, and the way mm-hmm. to get to that freedom was to be independent. Mm. which in my opinion i think is a very stupid game
0: yeah that's true that's a really nuanced way of putting it it's yeah. a very
1: stupid game it's a it's a remarkably stupid game fucking fuck the freedom it's not worth it just <laughs> go ahead and <laughs> take your time to get there it's not worth it
0: yeah but i think teenagers especially like children but like teenagers teenagers just have it have it rough and like not really to any well some fault of their own but it's, <laughs> an, it's a tough like mental place to be because you start start becoming emotionally mature enough and start having enough knowledge about the world that you feel equipped to start to make decisions about your life and like where it's going to go but you're still very much like not in control of your life and like do teenagers yeah. actually have enough knowledge and mental capacity to like make all those decisions like no probably not but you start to once you start getting closer to that and start feeling like you do then feeling like you don't have control of your life becomes very frustrating
2: uh, yeah.
0: but a lot of like like you said like people who they, they want freedom but not necessarily independence like a lot of them you'd, you'd, you you know, let them free they wouldn't know what to do with themselves or they yes. would crash and burn so quickly like
1: oh I, I think i was even aware of this as a teenager i was like man if i had a properly functioning family unit i wouldn't burn myself out as hard as i did yeah in college i remember thinking to myself if i had somebody to sign them uh, tuition checks i'm quitting all my work study jobs and i would just <laughs> do school Oh, yeah. I was very aware of it. I wasn't so eager to, like, have my own spending money. It's like, I, I don't need this fucking spending money. I'm only doing this work-study job so I can save enough money to pay my fucking unsubsidized, lo- unsubsidized loans l- next semester.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was killing myself doing all of that. I was like, if I had the opportunity to not do this, I would definitely not do it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't running after yeah. the money so I can fucking carry a Gucci bag. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it wasn't worth it yeah. to me.
0: I can't help but laugh. It's, like, very funny and quaint, but I actually do appreciate it from, like, a parenting standpoint when, like, parents that have money, like families that have a lot of money and can just pay to get things done when they still t- make the effort to teach their kids to be self-sufficient. Right. I don't want to give them, like a, like, a lavish praise on them because, like, <laughs> actually, you just should do that as a parent. But it's it's funny, like... People, people who come from like wealthy backgrounds, like some of them will come out being like really shitty, completely codependent people because they're they've never learned those skills, and others come out pretty pretty fine and able to like function and.
1: Yeah, if if I'm ever blessed to have kids, I would do the as much as possible to make sure that they don't struggle. But Mm -hmm. the muscle memory of practicing some of this stuff, ooh, yeah. Kids are not, I never treat a child like a moron because kids are not morons. They just don't have the wealth of knowledge that they can draw upon for them to fully understand what's happening. But the more of that knowledge you give to them in passing, the more that they can understand other things later. So you drag them along for everything. They'll see everything once, twice, three times. They'll figure it out at some point. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it's, it's nice. Like if I ever have kids, they need to practice this stuff, but I want to give them the ability to practice it with a safety net.
1: Like, That's it, right there, yeah.
0: Because sometimes things just, like, sometimes you fuck up. Sometimes you are learning to do it and you just don't do it right the first time. And a lot of times if you're not, like, if you don't have that like financial, emotional support, like all that safety net, like, the constant, like, you can't recover, like, I will never financially recover from this, but, like like, actually, but, like, as much as it sounds nice to, like, spoil any kids that I have if I had a bunch of money, like, I would want to actually find a balance and, but just be able to give them that feeling of, like, safety.
1: Yeah, and I I, I don't want to sit here and assume that I would know all the right tips and tricks to make sure I'd strike that balance, but I will actively and intentionally try. I do want them to be self-sufficient. I want them to be able to take care of themselves, and I want them to be emotionally intelligent. I want all of these things for them. But above all Mm -hmm. of these things, I want them to actually live a life that they're happy with, whatever that Mm -hmm. looks like for them. Now, if what that looks like for them is being stupid and lazy and unhinged, (laughs) I'm beating their asses. (laughs) But, like... Yeah, like go, go <laughs> pursue the thing that makes you the happiest and don't worry about the, the safety net. Still work hard or still be very intentional about the things that you do in your life. But the, the very basic things, oh, yeah, no. I, I, mean, I Which is what I always worry about. If I choose to have kids or if I'm able to have kids, whatever the case is, I, I don't know that I have it in me to teach them the level of emotional intelligence, the level of, I can teach them self-awareness, hopefully, I think. I can teach them the boring stuff how to make sure like, you put a floor under you, you do this with your that, you do this with your this. Maybe they're not extroverts, but being able to interact with people at a party, being able to network and connect, being able to maintain friendships for a long period of time, being able to approach strangers, and I do it only under dress. <laughs> I'm not a natural at it, and I don't know how to yeah. teach it. So I feel like I don't want to just, this is going to get to the next question, actually, but I don't want kids who turn out like me who are just Mm. i I don't want to call myself a robotic or a machine or anything like that but the things that i'm good at are skills that i've had to learn and by repetition i'm just able to crank out really fast Mm -hmm. i i don't ever i don't celebrate milestones i don't i don't de-stress very well (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't enjoy parts of my life as much as i would like to because i don't know how to do those things and I, i would hope that there would be someone else in my life who would teach those kids how to do those other things that i'm not very good at and teach me too because the fuck yes i don't know (laughs) i certainly definitely don't know
0: yes you've segued us very nicely into our next topic what causes hyper independence
1: broken trust in childhood and abandonment issues
0: (laughs) yes give me a t give me an r give me an a u n a (laughs) trauma
1: (laughs) it's trauma you're right the answer to everything on this podcast is trauma
0: (laughs) but no i think you're right Um, yeah
1: what do you think about that though
0: I think you're probably right.
1: Uh, I didn't even think we, like, just, we didn't define, we didn't define independence. We didn't define hyper-independence. Hyper-independence is pretty much trauma response to the extent where you actively push people away and do everything yourself, mm-hmm. even to your own detriment. Like, you are going to die on that hill.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Cue my photograph. Yeah. <laughs> just go ahead and print my face in the dictionary for this.
0: Tell the good folks, what are the dangers and symptoms of hyperindependence?
1: Everything. You're constantly overwhelmed. You're always doing too much. You have an, in- an inability to maintain long term relationships. You're lonely. You have extreme self criticism and you have every difficulty being vulnerable. Nobody's going to come on here and tell me fucking the trauma that I- as if I haven't already thought about my own fucking trauma. I know what this looks like and I know what it is. The issue is, and I've said this before, I'm not going to therapy until I make my first $10 million. Do you know what I mean? Like, it sounds awful. By the way, everybody should go to therapy, including me. Like, I'm going to preach that until I die. This is the fucking thing. But my ability to function in a very competitive world is directly linked to my trauma response. Yeah. And that trauma response is literally what's keeping me afloat. If I fix that, what the fuck am I doing? I I would have no idea how to do anything (laughs) properly. Does that make sense? And it's not the case where, you know, this thing where people say, oh, you know, people have over the, the the course of their life, they've built a nice support system of people who wish them well, who support them, da 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 I don't feel like I have that. And that could just be a side effect of hyper-independence or whatever. I don't even think I'm hyper-independent, but just, I, I don't feel like if I dropped the ball on anything, that it would resolve itself or somebody else would swoop in to catch me. Hmm. And I'm very afraid of what's going to happen if that ever is reality.
0: This is a lot of stuff I had to unlearn in therapy this this trauma response because there's being independent and there's like absolutely refusing to ever lean on other people like even when it makes sense or they're very willing or like like there's all it's or when it would like build a relationship with them like that that was hard to do that was hard to do it's i mean that's going to be like a constant thing throughout my whole life like i am like petrified to rely on other people which is a fun uh one two punch with mental illness when it's like you're not <laughs> And you're not worth their time anyway, and like you're just a burden, like, boo boo. Like, it's very fun. It's very, it's all very fun together. A lot of that is stuff I have worked on in therapy, but it makes me laugh that there's like little bits of it that remain and I think will always remain. Like, people laugh at me being a bag lady. Like, I'm very much a bag lady, but like, I don't go anywhere without like a granola bar because I don't know. There might not be food. I might get. I might get hungry. I might, like, if people start, like, drinking, I don't want to drink on an empty stomach. Like, I I always have food. I always have medicine with me. Like, even when I'm going, like, I'll be in, I'm going to fucking New York City, walking around. There's a goddamn pharmacy on every corner where I could run in and grab a granola bar or grab ibuprofen. But no, I have to have it myself, me. I have to be a self-contained, independent unit who can take care of all of my needs without making my friends stop for a second and be like, hey, do you mind if we stop in this pharmacy? No, I can't do that.
1: When I tell you, yeah, this, th- this is going to be the death of me. I'm sure of it. <laughs> this is why I don't take public transport. Because mm. first of all, I am a bag lady, but my bag is just the car <laughs> or any car. It doesn't matter. But like the car will have pretty much the, the charging car, the charging cords in the car, the lactase pills in the car. So if I just drive myself to places, I have everything I need. This is not a secret. Everybody who knows me knows that at most points in my life, I have two phones. Mm-hmm. This nonsense where I travel and my main phone doesn't work. That's why I have the other phone. It's a travel phone. You're not going to catch me slipping. Because <laughs> most people like, say, for instance, you can, you can call, maybe you have two friends in that city. You can call them and be like, hey, I you know, or you can call your parents and say, I'm, I, I don't. That's a luxury that I don't. I don't feel like I have. And I'm sure if you ask my parents, they'd be like, oh, they'd be happy to take my call and help in a pinch. But as we've discussed with my trauma on here, it's not what they feel, it's what I feel. And if I Uh just look at the track record of the number of times, I would rather not. And not because they're not willing to help now, but because of all of the times. It's almost like, this is the way I see it. The times where I needed help, like desperately needed help, I was actively denied that help. Mm -hmm. And now that I have the resources to sort it myself and you're willing to help me, fuck off. Mm -hmm. Fuck off. I'd rather use my resources to solve it than call you. Yeah. I remember, now this is going to make it in the podcast. I remember the time when my parent asked me to leave the house regarding the gay issue. They said, leave the house. And I was like, okay. And I went and got a rental car. And I was living in that rental car. And luckily, one of our friends lived a few cities down and I would go sleep in their apartment. Mm-hmm. So if somebody could do that to me at that point, if today I call them and I say, you want to help me with something? And even if they say yes, I'm like, fucking keep your help. Yeah. That person who did that, like I say, people don't change. They adjust. Mm-hmm. The person who did that is somewhere still in there. And I want nothing to do with accepting help from that person. It's just a simple thing. So I don't, and these are the people who I should feel like I could call to help in a pinch. And if I can't call them, strangers on the streets who are my friends, I never I burden them with my bullshit as if they don't have their own stuff to worry about. But with regards to sharing burdens, sometimes I feel like if I truly give you even 2%, or let's even say, let's be unreasonable and say half my burdens, and just dealing with my overwhelming anxiety like day in, day out without me, like, you know how are you how's your day oh my day was good how was yours if i truly had to tell you every little thing in my day that irritated me through the day and not just in a fun oh this person did that (laughs) no like to actually tell you what i really felt in the moment that thing happened i would break that person
0: you just need to find an equally traumatized person (laughs) and that's exactly what i've been saying i need to find somebody (laughs) who
1: understands the bullshit i'm on and one for one you know that they understand what it's like on this side if i find somebody else who's hyper independent they want nothing to do with me
2: yeah because
1: they have the same thinking yeah. that I have. Even the best therapist in the world cannot just say, here's a list of my other clients who are also hyper-independent. Call yeah. each one of them <laughs> to see if you get along with them. Yeah.
2: Oh, God. Yeah, anyway.
1: I've, I've been a dead horse and I think I've rambled a lot, but I hope I made sense. There, There isn't... Mm-hmm. There's no easy way out of this, but I will say, all things considered, though, I think we, we lost the episode where we talk about ch- childhood dreams, but yeah. I remember where I was when I was wishing I was this independent. Mm. And... All things considered, I'm happy that I'm here. No matter how miserable it is and no matter how many responsibilities I have to keep it up, like I would rather this than be dependent on someone who seems like they really don't fuck with me. They're just tolerating me at best.
0: So, that concludes our episode on independence.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Big Purse. Tweet us, message us, let us know what topics you'd like to hear us cover in the future.
0: Next week, we'll be talking about science in the media. Until then, good luck.